Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Temple Bar Tradfest podcast. I'm Kieran Hanrahan. And I'm Ruth Smith and we're coming to you from the Oliver St. John Gogarty in Temple Bar in Dublin, Ireland. And we're at that time of year that I love, I have to say, that little bit in between Christmas and New Year's when all the rushing around is done. Kieran, do you enjoy this time of year? It's a chance actually for us to take a trip west if we're going to do that because we spend our Christmases in Dublin now and it's grand to get down to see the natives in County Clare. Absolutely, get back down the road. Where they understand us. (laughs) So that's lovely that you get to to visit family and get back home to the homestead and how's the chilling going over the Christmas? Uh, The chilling was fine, as I say, once we get that little taste of Clare. Now my wife is from Mayo so we do pay a visit there but we head back to Dublin as quick as we can uh, out of Mayo when we're there because... (laughs) Uh, I have to say the natives are great there as well but they're always planning for their attempt at Sam Maguire again around this time of the year as well you know that's what happens it does does, yeah and sure we're looking for the McCarthy Cup in County Clare ourselves at this time I see some of the planning going on anyway (laughs) and are you out training yourself yet? they have dropped me from the panel there over the last couple of years I had to do with discipline I wasn't able to mind myself anyway I must say and fair play to you for stopping off there to meet Shamie O'Dowd because he's down in Sligo and I didn't get a chance to see him but I know that uh, I, when I invited him to play at Tradfest this year he took up the offer he was delighted with the invitation and I'm very excited about his gig at Tradfest it's just a couple of weeks now actually and he'll be playing in the beautiful City Hall on Thursday the 23rd of January 1 o'clock the tickets are flying out and I must say He's a fantastic man. How did you get on with him? Absolutely brilliant. We could have chatted for the night and it's lovely that he's doing this solo gig on the back of his um, Live at the Hawkswell album released this year as well. And it was just great to hear him play the stuff live. He's, he's some man for one man and as you mentioned, based in Sligo, he's a living legend down there. He's packed in so much in his time um, in his career as a solo performer, a group member with so many people, a session musician and a producer. And he was nominated in 2018 in last year's Best um, Folk Musician at the inaugural Irish uh, RT Radio 1 Folk Awards. He's played with such a host of musicians, Martin O'Connor, Christy Moore, The Chieftains, Dervish and Liam O'Flynn, to name just a few. But would you believe he started off his life, his musical life, with a radio interview, a radio appearance when he was just 10. So I started off asking him how he got into that and, and how it propelled him forward to be the professional musician he is today. My first ever radio appearance at 10 years of age was on a, on a, it was on a programme that used to, it was kind of a programme, an RTE radio programme. I think, I think it was still called Radio Air in that time. Let's show me age now, but um, it was kind of uh, it was a it was kind of a show that I think he used to travel around the country, and it was it was called Young Musicians at the time, and I think you'd you'd they would record they'd record they'd record musicians, and they'd be, they'd basically do the recordings and decide you know whether you know whether whether or not they'd broadcast it then and whatever. So so I I I, I went down to play them. I played them two tunes at about ten years of age, as I say, and I was down down in I think it was the Ursuline the Ursuline Convent in at Sligo. the time in nineteen seventy seven <laughs> something like that, and um, so I played I played two tunes and they, they broadcast one of them and I think the can you remember the two tunes you played? Uh, I can. Let me see the first one. Well, the first one was "Angry in Our Ass." Actually, it was kind of, uh, and I think the. Second one, the other. I think I played a tune called "Saddle the Pony," you know, jig that, yeah. that fairly well known. Yeah, what yeah. you'd be doing at ten years of age, like you know. And as a memory, I'm sure that that sticks out in your mind. Oh as yeah, in yeah, something yeah. like you know that music can get you to these places. Oh yeah, that was. I suppose. It, it, I suppose it's, it's hard to know where the start of the. I suppose hard to know where the start of the journey was in, in, in a way like that. But that kind of. I, I suppose that. You know that that was definitely a, it's a contender for the the start yeah. the starting point of I suppose I suppose me pl- playing kind of somewhere outside of just play, playing in the house or whatever like you know. And but, uh, those are really formative moments for for young musicians. Oh, but like, was yeah. there anyone in your? In, I know you come from an incredibly musical family. Mm. I suppose were you looking to anyone? has been a sort of a role model of I can do that I could play music you know in, in sessions or at gigs or you know I could travel mm. the world maybe with it as well mm, well I think at, I'd say at that age like I was probably at, like like most people I suppose most young fellas you'd be you'd be looking at your, your father as a role model my, my father was a fiddle player so my mother was was still, still there thankfully and a, a very fine fiddle player as well but 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 uh, I, I suppose my, like my mother 
would have she would have taught like uh, probably sat me down initially and showed me where the fingers go and all that she would have done quite a lot of, quite a lot of that and like I, I think I would have picked up a lot from like like uh, when I got to a certain point I started to learn a bit more from my father then like probably after the I suppose the second or third. I think I'd maybe learn two tunes. I so think your mother, your mother I think did, taught the, me did third the hard tune. work at the start. Well, she kind of she, she started the engine. I think in a way, you know, because it's not the easiest instrument to start on either. You know, oh, 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 finding no, but your I, way but around. I was kind of I was sort of mad to do it anyways. I remember, like you know, because sometimes I do hear people having to be forced to play instruments. Like I think I was nearly having to be kept away from it. Like Brilliant. in some that I was yeah. nearly. Uh, sort of, there was no real encouragement needed. So like the I fiddle, wanted to do the fiddle it. was an obvious kind of first one to pick up, and then yeah. you followed on with guitar. Well, I followed on with the guitar, like because well, because there was a few things happening in parallel. Obviously, with with my, my parents, I was listening to traditional traditional music. That the, the, the what would be, I suppose, the I think what a lot of people call some of the South Sligo music yeah. and that. Like, and their friends would be people like P- Peter Horn, Fred Fane, and Andrew Davy. And, Josie McDermott, or Josie was across the border in Roscommon. He he was he, like he he. I remember him visiting the house on a few occasions, and you know, as a young fellow, being brought round uh, brought round to places. But then there was a parallel thing going on as well. I suppose the the radio, the big things at the time would have been, I suppose. You know, Thin Lizzy, Horslips, Rory Gallagher, and I just got into all that as well. You're, like, you're and a big Rory Gallagher that, fan, that, I believe. That, that yeah. type of way. So I'd be, I'd be, into, I'd be into that. But also, there was a there was a group of Americans, uh, collectively known as the Famous Pumpkinhead. That would be Tom Moore, Rick Epping, um, Kathy Donaghy Moore, and and um, Sandy Sandy Miller. And they were like I remember we, they they kind of befriended my dad at the time like and they were kind of interested in learning they well they knew quite a lot about Irish music but they wanted to learn a little bit more about it and they were kind of dad, dad would have been one of the many people they were learning off like you know and, and um, so I kind of the they, they kind of became family friends really and like like you remember at the same time you know being aware being made aware of kind of like sabato harps or. 12 string guitars like Tom used to play and the the like um, uh, Sandy was a very good mandolin player and uh, that um there was kind of, there was kind of um so that sound um, that, that, that Americana sound that, that American, was, yeah. was there actually Tom Moore showed me how to hold a bow on stick <laughs> actually it was kind of telling him that like so that's a, there's a bit of multiculturalism there I seen being being uh, they said being showed an Irish fellow being shown by a Californian guy how to hold a bow on stick <laughs> And Tom, I was telling Tom about this years ago, and he said, and he said to me, "Yeah." And he says, "And just to confuse it more, I was showing you how to play bow on on a Uzbeki doira, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a bow on like instrument from Uzbekistan, yeah. like you know." But it kind of was so like the, the cultures collided. So there was lot, there was a lot, go, there was a lot going on there, yeah. all, almost straight away, like you know. Yeah. But I suppose, tra- I suppose the traditional music would have been the sort of core thing, I suppose. But you're like, uh, like uh, I think the idea of playing guitar. It started to interest me when I suppose that, like I was hearing I suppose Rory Gallagher and Thin Lizzy people like that watching, and you know watching maybe guys on television playing fingerstyle Martin Carthy and maybe later on getting aware of Dick Gohan and yeah. and of course like Paul Brady, Artie McGlynn, and and there's a guy in Sligo called Brian Tahney who was probably probably one of the first really good guitar players I got to see up close and. He's like he, he was. A, he, he lives in Canada and a very fine, a very fine guitarist, fiddle player, and banjo player. So I kind of, um, so so I was kind of, and then that paralleled with, I suppose here, like you know, I suppose here in you know Christy Moore, but the Planksty guys as well, and kind of like you know the, the, the things that likes of Christy and Donald Donald Loney were doing on like yeah, another, that, kind of, grew, that, that, that type of thing. Rhythm, even Donald, yeah. even though Donald was a was predominantly a bazooki player he did some lovely guitar playing on some of Planksy's early stuff as well and you're kind of all of that contributed to and, and a few other things contributed to I oh, just want to want to try that you know and kind of because it also the, the idea that you could play musics other than Irish music on a guitar interested me straight away yeah. as well like, well I know, suppose so. you, you did say that you know the guitar music came a little bit later but we're going to go right back to the beginning yeah, could you give okay. us a, a few tunes on the fiddle well being, being we're, we're sort of not too far from Cahirla Strand I think it's probably appropriate it's appropriate enough to, to play a, a, sl- a slow air that's a, a song that I actually learned from the singing of Dolores Kane, the great Dolores Kane and um it's a, the, the, I think she recorded many years years ago with the, the, the called where where the moorcocks crow or the mountain streams where the moorcock crows. 
and so it's always kind of, even before he understood it lyrically it's, it's it was always a, 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 a something about it fascinated me as the tune so I'll, I'll, I'll play that and we'll go into a, a few reels after that then okay
stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. You're very welcome. Gorgeous. <laughs> and can you tell us what tunes they were now? Um, yeah, the, well, I followed the the I followed the the the, the air there with um with a, tu- a tune written by a very kind of renowned Sligo fiddle player, a man called Martin Wynn. That was one of his most most famous compositions. I, th- I think it's it, it's either number one or number two. I can't I can't remember, but it's it's one of, it's one of the big, the big one, one of the one yeah. of the big tunes. Most people know it. And then I, there, then the the following reel was a, a little tune I put together myself called the the Cairn on the Hill, which was just a sort of little I suppose a little musical ode to a, 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 a there's a kind of a, a kind of a. A cairn or mask, a, a cairn that's built on on the on the top of uh, Knocknarea, which is a mountain in County Sligo, it's just near the near the sea there. That that's kind of steeped in the history of Queen Maeve and all that yeah. kind of thing. You can you can read you can read all read all <laughs> that. It's all there. Any any bit of tourist info from Sligo, you'll find it. Like you know, but um, and I followed that with a tune called Lucy Campbell's, which is another a, a kind of a, it's a big. I'm not sure if it's. I have a, a sneaking suspicion it might be of Scottish origin, but mm. but it's kind of there's some some there's a few Scottish tunes that have kind of been have become Irish tunes like yeah. that kind of that would be played quite differently here like but I th- I even know but but it's kind of it's a big tune in Sligo I know anyways that's kind of I, I think I think Michael Coleman might have done a version yeah. of it at some point already. Right. And uh, and you've released an album this year because I know that's a set from your your live at the Hawkswell. Um, album that you released. That's right. Um, and when was that brought out? Uh, I brought that. Uh, the, well, I launched it in uh, in September of uh, just just yeah. in September just gone. Uh, it was it was recorded at a at a, at a concert and it would have been late uh, in two thousand and eighteen in in the Hawkswell. I've been for about for about the last uh, maybe three four years. I've been going into I've been going into the Hawkswell. And um, they just just go just going in and doing a solo just just going in and doing a solo. Kind of a, show, a, a kind yeah. of a concert show on that, like so, just to bring in look at guitar, guitar, and a fiddle, and a bunch of harmonicas and whatever, and just and just do and just doing the gig that way. So I just took a notion to to record one of them, and we we were lucky that we kind of it's, we seemed to hit it on a good night, and like like a, a lot of we we were able to find enough you enough yeah. stuff that kind of stood up. It's a great album. I had listened to it there over the last couple of weeks and just like a real showcase for your, your various talents, you know, with being able to have a tune on the guitar, the fiddle, you've got the mm, harmonica mm. as well, the voice, the whole lot. I, it's, well, it was kind of, I was very lucky. Well, first of all, I was, I was lucky to, you know, that like, the, the, the theatre in, in, in Sligo, the Hawkswell is quite, it's quite an active place musically mm. at the minute. And Mar- Marie, isn't it? Marie, Marie, yeah. Marie O'Byrne and the, and the crew there, they're doing, they're doing a, a lot, a lot of great work there. Like you know, so they're, they're any musical ideas, like they're, they're very positive and very supportive. Yeah. So when I, when I mentioned the, the idea of record, recording a live album there, they like, they were just straight, straight away, just basically anything we could do. But and, and I was working with young, young engineer, it's based around Sligo. He's, he, he is a wee, stu- a wee studio called the Blue Room out in Grange, a fellow called Luke Devaney. And he he recorded the album basically and, and mixed it, and we mastered it in actually down in Tune, just over the road there. With uh, with there's a man called Kenny Ralph down there. He has a he has a studio there, Sun Street Studios out the Clonburn yeah. Road, and um, he's he did he he did great, he, as always did great did great work just to bring it to the yeah. Bring us to the finish, like, and know. and that's Jamie O'Dowd solo. You that's know, so how does that feel? Because you're a seasoned like collaborator. You've, mm. you, as you mentioned, like Pumpkinhead been a, a huge inspiration. You've gone mm. on to to play and perform with so many people, like Peel the Grape. I think was one that's, of your oh, first. Oh, jeez, that's going back. That's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was, was your first rock band. Rock band. And then <laughs> of course, you did your research, and then of course, a landmark, I suppose, thing for you to to join Dervish and to to tour with them as yeah. well. Oh, that, was that sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, for that, you, was that, that an incredibly important kind of milestone? Yeah, it was. It was. It was an important. It was an important milestone, all right, for for sure. Like and and kind of, and so and so. Like it was quite, uh, you know, th- 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 things did like w- w- from once I joined Dervish. That was the, the, like the, the the nature of things of how he was doing things. De- definitely did take a change in terms of the amount of travelling I was doing and playing, and that. Uh, but but it almost it, se- it seemed kind of a uh, like a, it seemed a natural enough thing to do because I, I would have known Der- known Dervish like since before the word Dervish really and I would like I would have known them as kind of individuals to play music with and kind of in informed sessions and stuff like that and just uh, as well as do maybe one or two folk club gigs with them yeah. before like before the K like it, it would have been at the time well Brian McDonough was there at the time Michael Holmes uh, Shane Mitchell of course Liam Kelly. 
and there was a banjo player called Seamus not no he's an off he's from Clotten a fellow called Seamus Egan a banjo player and I was listening from the solace Seamus Egan like but um he lives he lives out there in Portland very fine banjo player but he was kind of he, he like he like he, he used to do a lot of those gigs as well at the time there was there, there, there was I suppose there was a core of that four that 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 four the King Liam Shane Brian and Tom and a few member people were playing with them and then eventually just uh, like a Martin McGinley I think was on the first Irish album and then it's it kind of it's settled on with Shane McAleer and Cathy Jordan yeah. and then there, there was a lineup change after which I, I wound up joining them in maybe 98 and that it just uh, there were I think that that, that kind of um like I, I was I was initially filling in a few gigs for them like and it was kind of um you know, I was playing. I was sort of playing fiddle and guitar in the band at one stage, and I think that it was almost like a few things happened at the same time, really, because I think they they were looking maybe to get guitar more involved in the band, but I could only obviously do so much guitar if I was playing fiddle. So that there was that. So Tom Morrow came in then very soon after, like he and Tom was still there as the fiddle player with the band. So I played with I played with them for about I was I was to, I took played and toured with them for about six years. Great, now, and six, I saw you six, six I saw you years, up on, like, you know, on the stage with them there uh, this year in October ah, yeah, yeah. at the Folk Awards. So you, you jumped up with them when they were were performing, and it's been a ah, massive yeah. year for them as well, seeing the mm. the lifetime achievement uh, for the BBC oh, Radio they've done, Two they've, Folk Awards. They've, they've done re- they've done really well. Like there's kind 30, of, there, 30 years there's of 30, great music making. Thirty years and and thirty years of like the like the, the sort of core of the lineup is still there too, and that's that's a you know, that you know that 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 can, that can be the big achievement. So sometimes the, the the achievement. Sometimes people think the achievements are to get to play certain places. The achievement a lot of the time is to keep the band together. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. Kind of, and, they, and they've and to done forge that. those friendships and, and they've done yeah, that the and they've done that in spades, which, yeah. is, which is great. But uh, yeah, and speaking to, speaking of musical friendships, because Kathy Jordan obviously been the the, the linchpin lady um, yeah, in yeah. Dervish, and you mentioned Rick Epping as well um, yeah. from the Pumpkinhead years. So seeing your three strands come together in the unwanted. Yeah, I absolutely love the sound ah, that you thanks, make thanks as well. Much. So, a music for the Atlantic Fringe, isn't that's, it? That's right. Yeah. That was well, so. Was it's where it, you really indulge in that uh, transatlantic sound. Oh yeah. Well, that was well. That was interesting because I I think you know again, again some things kind of come together because Rick had been living in America for a good few years after like he I think Rick he left Sligo in the early eighties. I think I think he lived on he was he was living around Spiddle I think until maybe. I, th- I think maybe the mid eighties. I'm not sure, but but then he was he was in he was in uh, Virginia. I think for for years and he was working for Honer, the kind of designing and you know on the, one of their designer and design consultants and all that on the on their on their harmonicas and accordions. And he kind of uh, he took he took a note and he came back in the kind of the, the round to Sligo in round two thousand. Four two thousand five or some 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 around that kind of mid two thousands noughties if you like, and um, and it was kind of like like Kathy had had before she joined Irvish, like Kathy had had a kind of a life as it, like she she was big into American country and American old time and she had kind of a certain amount of interest in like the Carter the Carter family and that that whole line of music so. So I think, uh, like, b- funny. By the time Rick came back, she, I suppose she she had put in a good number of years with Irish singing, almost exclusively traditional Irish music, which was you know she loved obviously, like you know, and was very and obviously great at it. Like, but I think she took the notion. She decided maybe was it, she was interested in revisiting, you know what, you know what, maybe the the kind of more country, Americana the, the country, sound, Americana yeah, yeah. sound, and and then. Like it was like like Rick having come back, and uh, you know, re- kind of reacquainting himself in Sligo, and like I'd I'd been I'd been doing a few I'd done a few gigs at Rick. Mm-hmm. We were kind of reacquainting ourselves because both of us were in Irish and blues and all that. So we came, we were for, fortunate. We fell together handy enough. Like it's a great yeah, it's a great and, and melting pot of we sounds. Done, we done yeah. stuff with Tom Moore, and we done bits on our own. Then like when we kind of got to, we found out that Cathy was interested in getting involved in a kind of a transatlantic thing it just fell together that we, the three of us went for it so it was, it's when the best things so, happen like that 
isn't uh, it? Yeah. It, it was, and we kind of did, did a few gigs, and there's we, we did an album with two, but it's ten years between the, between each album. Like we kind of work slowly, but uh, but it's kind of but we've done a fair few gigs and festivals yeah. and that, and it's you know it's always that's always enjoyable. You know. Now you've mentioned Tom Moore a couple of times, and it's lovely to see. I think there's two songs from him on on your most recent album, Live at the Hawkswell. Mm. Uh, Turn the corner and believe me, Sligo. That's right. A man yeah. who really embraced Sligo as as a as a home. Oh no, they? no question. Tom Tom was kind of like from from once uh, to, like like, just like Tom moved to Sligo in nineteen seventy two or something like that. Some there he came he came there and it was kind of like like Tom sort of took to Sligo and Sligo very much took to Tom as well. Like that was kind there was definitely a kind of a. A, a, a mutual a, a kind of a mutual like like in there like and uh, like in Tom he became quite fascinated with with kind of the area around Knocknaray and I, I like Tom he's a, he ma- a bit of the magic of that oh the yeah. magic yeah. of that he had a bit of an interest in astrology as well and that that that, that kind of um, side of things and I think some of the I think some of the monuments around different parts actually different different parts of Ireland generally Newgrange and I, th- I think there's 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 few around the country, but there's some some there are theories around them that they reckon they're actually related to some degree of early knowledge of astrology. And that I I can't I'm not fully versed in that to know, but but I think that was one of the things that kind of made, made that an interest. But he had an instinct. He felt he had an instinctive draw. He remember him saying at some point that he when he got to Sligo, he felt he felt a kind of a sense of that he was connected into the place. It wasn't just a place he was visiting, like you know. Which very much came through in his songwriting, oh, that yeah. kind of sense of uh, mystique and and magic and just beauty. There's oh, yeah, an awful yeah, lot of beauty yeah. in his songs. Yeah, beauty and 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 a bit of, and a little bit of humor, kind of a little sideswipe humor as well, like that that kind of just good natured stuff as well. That he kind of he he, he, had a, he had a fair handle on what Sligo was about in a way too. Like he, like he, like in his songs were. The, there was a, there was a lot of praise for 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 them as well. Like in this, you can a song like like turn the corner is like nearly a hymn to Knocknarea in a way. Like and it's kind of, I suppose one of the reasons I sing that song is I suppose Knocknarea is it's been you know I, I suppose I've lived either near near it or twenty like, like twenty minutes away from it uh, pretty much all my life. Like the like like me. You're like a home and like what I, mean, yeah. I lived. Well, I lived kind of you know I lived in Strandhill for years, like on the stage, and me my, my kids well they're big now, but they would have basically grown up at the foot of at the foot of it, like so it's obviously going to be kind of special, like you know that kind of so the kind of so it's a but but um, Tom is an, an, another song as well. It's a, I think it's called it's not as well known song called Tom Fool, like that that sort of. It's sort of half taking the mick out of himself in a, in a sort of a interesting way. Like once you'd know Tom Lee, but he's kind, of, but he's good. He'd have a good sauce and thing. But definitely Tom. I think people even got to know a bit about Sligo through Tom. I think as well, just because you know, cause I remember a friend of his talking to talking to talking to a friend of his one time, and he was he was wondering why what's this crack Tom always writing about Sligo? It seems to be a massive place. Like, but what what's what's the story? But he came down to it and. And once, once he kind of, and he came to, he came to Knocknaray and he kind of, oh yeah, and I, know, I know what he's writing about now, you know, yeah. that kind of, but he, he kind of captured it, it was great, you know. And isn't that lovely that we get to know our home place through the eyes of, of a stranger? Oh, Do you yeah, know that, what I mean? Well, that's that's what someone who comes to, yeah. to see the beauty around that's us, it, yeah, you, to you see can, the, the humour and stuff, yeah. Ab- absolutely, you know, that it can give, you can definitely under, what's, what's the sign you to see in the airport? Like, uh, it was kind of... <laughs> I tra- I tra- I travelled to see the wonders of the world, but when I came back, the wonders of the world were waiting for me. Like you know, that's kind of yeah. that, that's, that's written up in Dublin Airport somewhere. I think you know. <laughs> well, I'm flying out of there in a couple of days, so I'll let you know. So I think one thing that definitely comes across from speaking to you, like music, is is a huge part of your life. But you seem to gravitate towards people that you love to be in the company of. To play mm. music, and mm. I think that's that's a gorgeous byproduct, or maybe an essential part of what oh. makes. Oh, I think so. I, yeah. I, I, I think I think so. Like I remember, I remember having a conversation with Liam Kelly, talking about Irish again. Liam Kelly about about that once, and there was a, a mutual friend of ours. He 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 passed away before years ago. A very fine accordion player called Kevin O'Brien, and I think it was Kevin. He was saying that like that like Kevin would have been a stalwart of the like he was from Leitrim originally, but he lived in Sligo for years, and he was a stalwart, quite himself. Self and Kevin McTiernan and, and like and Sean Carroll, Pat Sweeney. There was a bunch of lads that had kind of they were based they were based in Leitrim, but they kind of lived in Sligo. But they were, and they were kind of very important to the Sligo mm. music scene as well. 
but but the, the kind of like I think Kevin in particular had a strong sense of the crack side of things around the music. Like he's as much he's as much. I remember Liam talking to Liam about it, like as well, and he was saying much as we love the music as well, but there. But the element, the element of crack, and just the the way people bounce off each other—that's yeah. that's that's an, it's an important part because I suppose it is. It's I suppose it, musically it's, it's roots. There are, it is a kind of a social occasion, I suppose. Absolutely. So, that, so I suppose if you, you you know you might you you might you know as many as the same here you've heard that ba- like bands might form and you might you might put four of the best musicians in the world into one room. It might not necessarily make the best band for all. Like they might be just thinking differently about music. Their senses of humor might be yeah. different. Or well, it is so, so much, yeah, so much of. about chemistry. And I have to say, I saw you live. I've seen you perform a couple of times this year. And one of the hu- musical highlights of 2019 for me was seeing yourself, Martin O'Connor, and Cahill Hayden uh, at Doolan Folk Festival. Oh, you that, nearly thanks. blew the roof off it. Like it was we, just uh, such a great gig. That, that was an amazing gig. Like that was kind of you know we've we've been lucky with with the with the three with the three of us we've we've been we've been lucky to get to play some great old gigs and that and but I, I think that's if if we were trying to pick a best one which is which is hard to do but I, that that night or that evening I think has to be a contender. Well, you that's know, great like, to know like that you felt the same that, way because that, I mean, the because audience we, definitely we, did. Because we came down to the stage, I was wow! It, like it was like just this, like even this, like the smallest things, like even even in terms of musical dynamic that we probably take for granted. There was a reaction to it. Like people were totally tuned. It was amazing. It was just a great. They were hanging like, on every note. Like, like, yeah. Even though there was a boister just about it, but they were listening as well. And it was if you, if you forget that, that's the. That's the payday, you know. Yeah. That's the like to, to get to, like every so often. You don't, you don't, you probably don't expect every gig to be mind blowing all the time. Like, but you you, you try and make them all as good as you can, yeah. obviously. And but but you get the special ones every so often. It just seemed to be, we seemed to be having a good a good day, but we were enjoying ourselves and. And it seemed to be just the right time of day. Yeah. The people were just. There seemed to be just a. We, we like it might have been. It might have been even if we played an hour earlier or an hour later. It we mightn't have had as good a gig. I don't. I don't know. No. Yeah. But it, but whatever it was, it seemed that just people were just in the right form. And oh Jesus. Something I, I think it, I said. It's lovely if, if, if something like that's around the corner every yeah. so often, you're happy. You know yeah. that kind of way. And something I think I said on the day um, was it was almost like a, a time machine. Do you know like. I wasn't there in Listoon Varna in the day, you know, just mm, down the road mm, from Doolan, mm. and those kind of you know festivals that you, you hear in kind of the lore of Irish traditional mm, mm. you know and oh, folk yeah. music. It it kind of felt like it didn't feel like we were in two thousand and nineteen. It felt like we were in simpler times. Whoa, if that makes whoa. sense, that you know everyone was kind of on the edge of their seat and in the live experience. I don't know. It just felt well. That, well, that kind of gives me a chance to chat a bit about marching actually, yeah. because 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 marching of 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 the three of us would. Would um, I'm not giving away his age or anything like that, like, but 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 he kind of would have come up a bit, like he'd have he'd have a few memories, like we'd have we'd have memories. Myself and Cal would have some memories at that time, but we were a bit, you know, just we, we were probably weren't quite going out to it much at that stage, like. But but uh, but March would have, like through like he, like March did play with Tom Moore and Midnight Well back in the day, so Mar- so March kind of carries that experience with mm. him, I think, as well. So so that so March's presence that day and the fact that he has that history behind him would uh, like would have committed would, would would have definitely con- contributed to what to what you were saying there as as well as I, I suppose the three of us generally we'd, we'd have we'd have an awareness that it all kind of goes back a while. So we we're probably bringing all of that with us Absolutely. as well. And and he, I suppose every time you play an orchard. To some degree, you're t- you're taking wh- whoever you, whoever you whoever you learn from. Like I mean, like like you know, Mar- marching would 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 chat for a half set about Joe Cooley, for example. Like Joe, like Joe, Joe was uh, obviously a very influential musician, and and, and you talk to like you know like on a march, uh, you know he made a big bit imprint on March, as as well as other people. So, it, it, like I suppose. It's, you know, you're kind of, and I suppose Cal Hayden would there be, be lads like Johnny Lochran back on Tyrone back in the day, and like that would have in, probably had an influence on him, and yeah, you know. So you're 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 bringing like I suppose that's what they call traditional in a way. You're bringing you're you're bringing all that yeah. I suppose with you in a way, and I suppose if, I suppose if people get a sense of that, 
somewhere along the lane while they're hearing what you're doing, yeah. I suppose you might, it might mean you're doing something right. You well, know? That's, that's, it, that's it, and it is that sense of being a custodian of something that's bigger than you and oh, yeah, being a conduit yeah. for it. And, and on that, if if I can mention Masters of Tradition, uh, run by, curated by Martin Hayes, yeah. um, you've been part of that, haven't you? I was, yeah. yeah. We did, there, was a, there, was a, there was a few of us did... Uh, well, we did, we, we did a gig out in... Um, uh, th- there was a, g- a gig organised in, in the Sydney Opera House. It was two nights back in two thousand and nine, I think it was. Um, and it 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 kind of, it sort of grew out of I think like Martin like he still organises that 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 g- little weekend in Bantry House they called the Masters of Tradition. And I think it sort it sort of came out it came out of that like so there was kind of. Um, so just, more, just explain, you know, to, what that is, because I've heard stuff about it being a place where no one, pe- people don't have their phones. It's very much about the listening experience. Oh yeah, oh that's very yeah. Much, yeah. yeah. The, just just to, to listeners who may not know about masters of tradition oh, and what yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, that's it's uh, yeah it's basically yeah, it's basically I I think uh, it's it's um it, it's 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 done pretty pretty much acoustically as well. They have a kind of a platform built in a room in in Bantry House. And it's 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 even the the layout is such that people can hear acoustically as as well. And it's I think it is it's like 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 if you go into Boundary House, it's a little bit it's just like it has like the old houses. It's in it's in off the away from the thoroughfare, so you kind of it's all you're it's coco- almost you're cocooned, you're cocooned yeah. in a way. Like it's as what's. What's it? Martin Hayes said himself one time, not nothing to stop you from going to the heart of the music. I think was his quote. Like, you know, but, but I think that's maybe what he has in mind. You know. Well, but listen, I think I might get you to play another song or yeah, a yeah. song because you give us a fiddle fiddle set. So, okay. would you like to give us a song? Yeah, of course I will. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, um, a, a song written by a, by, by a friend of mine from. Uh, from he's outside of Westport, a man, a man called Tony Reedy, and a song. Well, he, Tony recorded this himself on on an album called Rough Shot of Lipstick, um, good few years ago. And I kind of sort of sort of produced and played a few bits on on a farm and that, and, and the song was on it. And I won't I wound up kind of falling in love with the song, and he gave me the okay to sing it, so record it, so this. So I put it on the new album there as well. So it's kind of a doesn't uh, it's uh, what would I say about the song? It's kind of a, a song about uh, basically it's about a, a man who was who who was working on the I think it was the, the Thurlock bypass going into Castle Bar, and he was like his life seemed to be kind of his thoughts seemed to be split between his life with his mates on on the on on, on the on the road work site, and he was falling in love with a woman called Mary, and it's kind of the idea that he. Kind of didn't want to not look like a lad talking about you know it's kind of you can hear it in the song really but that's shall I give, I give you a blast of it anyways. Relays on to get the job done Then to move on to another town He always stays with Mary And at night in bed The sun's in his head The shouts and horses The concrete forces The trucks stepping stones Down in the hall He puts his arm around his Mary He wears a hard hat As a soft heart But he doesn't show it to the man Yeah, we'll work on For another hour, lads We'll work on Till the end Yeah, Cause he'll be okay for he'll be with us up on Sunday And at ten o'clock he nags and pays three pats on the beer The track machine's here, where's the engineer? Keep the head clear, he thinks that the day the team met her He wears a hard hat, has a soft hat But he doesn't show it to the men Yeah, we'll work on for another hour, lads We'll work on till the end Aye, we'll work on till the
get up again, he regrets the delay So the sign says, don't lose your cool, we'll be out there soon And we go for a spin on Sunday And on a fine day day, when they cut the tape on the new roadway And the politician says, how's it going, Shay? All the suits are grey He brings it all back to Mary Here is a hard hat, as a soft heart But he doesn't show it to the man Yeah, we were gone from the rural as we were gone a hard hat, that's a soft heart, but he doesn't show it to the man. Yeah, we were gone from the other room, that's we were gone till the end. Hey, we were gone till the Lovely stuff. Thanks, Thanks Jamie. Thank you. Yeah, a great study of that uh, kind of tough exterior and the soft heart. Oh of yeah, the lads. It's, it's all it's all in there. It's yeah. great as 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 as, as only like Tony. Tony is a great. Um, he's a great. He, he can he can kind of put a, he can put a lot into a few words. Like uh, I think my fa- one of, I think my favorite line, or my fa- my favorite two lines, and that, that he, he he's an all weather man. He'll dig it up again. He regrets the delay, or so the sign says. Like you know that's kind of yeah. I mean that puts you on right on the road straight away. Yeah, there yeah, like yeah. you know it's it's great. Like you know that I mean. You know, it's and there's always, there's always road works going on as, as well, you know, yourself. Like, <laughs> it'll, you know, be a, it'll be a great country when it's done. And that's it, to tell you, when I put a roof on it. And come here, gorgeous groove in your guitar playing. I love I love the, the power and the thrust in, behind that the the guitar style that you have. Is it dadgad or is it open well, tuning or what, what do you um, play with usually? Well, well, that, well, that, uh, well, well I tend to I, I use dadgad there on, on that on, on, on that song there, I just I just pulled it up to the second fret as well, just for just just to pitch it to suit the voice. Yeah. But um, no, if I if I'm playing, it kind of depends what I'm playing really. Like like I think, um, like on on songs, I I, I use Dadgad. Well, particularly in the solo gig, I used I might use Dadgad roughly half or a little less than half the time because it really fills the sound, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you kind of got that ringing out sound, and it's kind of particularly when you're on your own, it just works to kind of just give that bit of, a bit of width to, the, to yeah. the sound, you know. And it's a lovely segue as well to your Tradfest gig, which is happening in January next right, month. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You looking forward to it? Very much looking forward to that. Because now, yeah. again, it's going to be a showcase for your solo show. You're going to have, as you said, the kit and caboodle, the one man band. The whole, the whole yeah. lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring, bring it along. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Now that's kind of um, no, because I was at, I, I was at the, 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 the first time I played the Trad Fest. I was, I, I, I came to it last year to. To see um, Kate Rosby did a lovely gig there. I went to see. Went well, that's St. Pat's Cathedral, to, wasn't it? St. Yeah. Pat's Cathedral, really mm-hmm. nice gig. And it was kind of, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of one, one of those uh, one of those festivals. I was thinking, it'd be nice to be nice to play that sometime. If, 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 and hap- happily, the gig came up this time. Like, so I'm delighted to, to, to be playing it. You know, brilliant. Um, and what can people expect to hear? Um, well, the, the prob- they can probably hear some of what they're what they're hearing now. It would be it. It probably I, sp- I suppose it's a, I, I probably tend to call the gig a folk gig, where where it's kind of um, like there is a tra- there's definitely a strong traditional el- element to it. Like, but um, but uh, kind of bits of blues and contemporaryish things creep in there as well. You but know, that's so. lovely. So dancing around the fringes of all of the experience, musically speaking, that you you've you know you've had over your music career, um, and as you said, like folk is such a as you well know, you were you were nominated as best folk musician at the Folk Awards last year. That's so right, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 such a catch-all, really, isn't it? Because you look at the the transatlantic stuff, mm. you look at the the roots stuff, the mm. world music. You know, mm. in a way, folk music is it's impossible to define because it's anything that relates to how people live and well, how they see the world. Absolutely, like well, folk. Well, there's, there's still it's a it's a definition, or, or like if you're attempting to define folk, you can still have an argument. If you <laughs> if you ever if you ever stuck for something to have an argument about, you can have an argument what folk music yeah. is. But but it is it's kind of um, it it seems to, it seems to be some it's I suppose I suppose a, I suppose a, a, a musical I suppose a kind of experience of 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 people's life I suppose in in some ways like, like as you say it is it is a kind of catch all I suppose it, I suppose it tends it is a, it is a tendency to be maybe at some if if not a hundred percent tied to a tradition definitely rooted in it though that's that seems that seems to 
maybe if you're tra- if you're trying to box it away, if you're which being pedantic, box, pedantic about it, you know, it yeah. it's all music, really. Yeah. You know, that I think way, I think you know, the artists that excite me the most are the ones who have a really strong sense of you know where they've come from, musically speaking, like that. Mm. That they have this very strong link to tradition, as we've spoken mm. about. Mm. You know, masters of tradition and yeah. and how you carry that through with a reverence, but also not being afraid to to have a curiosity to where it can play on the fringes. Do you oh, know what abso- I mean? Absolutely. Like like these things, I, I think you have to... I think I think anything is worth trying, even if it's only to find out that it doesn't work. You know, like and if if it's if like like if it's not working, you got you. I mean, you're gonna find out because you you won't because, die wondering because you won't <laughs> perfectly put. That's the way you know. But but you know, my attitude tends to be you know, give give it give it a, give it a shot, see what happens. You know, Jamie, like, what gives you the energy you have to keep playing, to keep interested in collaborating, and now this venture, you know, to to start going solo as well. Um, where does that? I suppose where does that appetite come from? Um, well, I suppose there, there, well, there, there's by now there's probably an element of it's too late to stop now, as as this, <laughs> as, it's, as 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 I said on the Dubliners poster a few years ago, like there's kind of there's probably a bit of, there's probably a bit of that like the the, the, the career the, the the career as the brain surgeon that the the, the ship is pretty much sailed yeah. on that like you know that, <laughs> you know but uh, but no it's I, I like I, I think I think it's at the end of the day it's music itself that um you know like you you, you can we you know and I suppose I have done many is one you know you get you you learn a certain amount and you you kind of get to thinking oh just have this figured out like and then something comes along and you find out you know i don't have to figure out or or some you know like i suppose you do get to a point that you know well there's going to be something around the corner in terms of a music maybe a musician that you you haven't played with and and they'll they'll have some idea you know there are some or some way of looking at music you you mightn't have thought of a different slander yeah whatever it is and i've been lucky to be able to do a lot of that around sligo because you mentioned so you mentioned dervish earlier on like that um yeah, Der- Dervish more or less have kept their kept their base in Sligo, and there's kind of a lot uh, like music. It's 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 been pretty active down the years. Mentioned you know Rick Rick Epping, Tom Tom Moore, and and people pe- pe- like the, the the kind of the the traditional scene that would be there, and then there was there would be a folk scene. There's a, there's a and there was a guy I played with for and still play with uh, Jerry Grennan, and. Fine guitarist, uh, singer and guitar teacher. They're actually they're actually going on on him in the Hawkswell next year at the, in in February at a gig. He's, he's made a huge contribution to music in Sligo. And it is it is that thing of people creating a community, and then that oh, gra- yeah. people gravitate towards Ab- that because absolutely. it's vibrant. And no more so than where we are here in the Tav in in Hedford oh, oh, in Clonover. You know what I mean? It, you, the amount of musicians that live around here as well. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very vibrant thing. Isn't oh, it, it yeah. does it does a lot. Like if you have a few musicians living in the place and. And it, it, it definitely there's a kind of a collective energy happens mm. all all right like there's kind of and and it's sort of and and like I've noticed in Sligo there's there's people kind of coming up the whole time as well. I remember I remember a few years ago seeing uh, seeing uh, a, 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 a piano player who, who, whom I've gotten to play a lot with recently, Kieran Quinn. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him as like he'd be a few years younger than me now, quite a, it's a fair few years younger than me, I think. Um, and and like I remember seeing him at one stage, I would have viewed him as a young fella kind of thing, and and he was just firing out the best of stuff on the piano. Like and I remember just watching him, but I had I hadn't thought I'd wind up playing with him, but we play regularly you now. Like and so so you kind of I, like I've been lucky in like where I live, it's been th- it's been throwing up things like that for yeah. me, and even the unwanted that's was locally based as well, and did a bit there with uh, been doing a bit off and on with there's. Leonard Barry from Kerry's Piper. He's living in Sligo now as well, and he's he's quite he's he's, enjo- he's enjoying it there. We done Rick and myself and and him, and Andy Morrow from he's a later man living in Dublin. Like we we did it, we did some stuff there, uh, kind of under the new road banner. Like we did bits and pieces with that. Like well, so, and so, long may so it continue. Kind of, yeah, so I've been lucky. I've been lucky. You know yeah. that the things have come up the whole time. You know so. As well as kind of getting to play with Marching and Cattle as well, like you know that kind of, you know that we get that uh, actually I'll fill you in on that. Just okay. well. Mar- Mar- sorry, I'm talking way too much now. You're all Mar- Mar- but Marching, um, I, I'm the first the first time I met Marching was actually about two hours before the first gig we did together. Like there was kind of there was a guy from down down, down here, Sean Maloney. Is it like Sean's? I think Sean's dad was was Eddie Maloney. He was a famous flute player. Like, but Sean's grand flute player himself as well. 
but Sean was Sean was living in Sligo for a while, and um, he he was he was organising gigs in the college, the local the the AT. He used to, to lecture there, and he rang me one time and he said, well, he said I was thinking of getting Martin O'Connor up to play here, and said, would you would you be uh, would you be up for play would you be up for playing with him? He said, well, I said, yeah, if if he's up for playing with me. Yes, why not? Give it a go. I see. And I was wondering. I knew there was great complexities in Martin's music, and I said, "Ah, yeah, let's see." What the fandangos. Look, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what, uh, the, the, the tangos and a lot. We'll see. We'll see. We get on. So it was literally like, I, I, like we, like you know, Martin. This is shamey, shamey. This is Martin. You got a gig into in, in an a hour. Ba- a baptism of fire. So, so Martin f- fired some tunes at me, and we kind of. And the gig, like we 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 went to um, the, the the gig was held in a place that wasn't really available to set up until near the gig, basically. Like they were using it for other stuff, like so. So we kind of went. Uh, the, the I think we went down to collect a PA from the, what was a rental shop, PA rental shop, and Sligo. The time is gone now, but um, but we um, we went to, we went down to get the PA, and the, the shop was closed, and. Um, we kind of okay, so just met this guy just now. Like the PA shop was closed. How was the rest of the day going to go? But so we kind of basically we did the gig acoustically, and we explained to people like said that you know they're kind of just a problem getting PA basically. And so if you could maybe you know if if you're kind of kind of humorous in this, would maybe don't make too much noise. And I remember it's one that it's one of the most memorable gigs ever had. Like it, it was just the only the only way I could describe it in my memory. It's like. It, 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 even looking back at it, it's, it seems like this pell-mell cartoon guitar, <laughs> like a, a cartoon car spin. It was almost like a bunch of people, the audience and us, in in a car. That that I felt like the wheels were going to come off at any stage. Like they they didn't. I'm not sure how they didn't, but they didn't. You know. But it was kind of. I was watching marching. I was can I get this? And he was looking at me to see can I get it and whatever. And and it was sort of. And, and we kind of we we had actually had a blast. We loved it, like you know. But and on the on the edge. The whole it, was time. Just, it was just on the edge. <laughs> and then Mar- Martin had said, you know, he said, he was working on an album at the time. He said, I said, I might, uh, I might, I might get in touch with you about it. And and in fairness to him, he did. He was in touch, and we wound up uh, wound up working with him a good doing a good Brilliant. lot of work on the, the the Road West album. And we came, yeah, you know, yeah. and that, that a few other musicians around that out of that then. Kim, myself and Cahill and Martin yeah. playing as a trio. And, well, listen, and we could stay chatting here for, for, for the whole evening, now. but I'm going to ask you to play some more music. Now, okay. what do you want to do? Do you want to sing a song or do you want to play the fiddle? Um, or do you want to do both? I might, uh, <laughs> you well, can't play them at the same time, can well, you? Well, uh, how about a tune on guitar and harmonica? Lovely. Well, something like that. Perfect. Um, I don't, I tend to, my life is a harmonica, I'm as much a harmonica owner as a harmonica player, but I kind of, but I can do some things on it, like kind of working a gig, but, uh, but um, the, uh, I play, I'll just give you a wee blast of a, a set dance, that's, um, I just I just play a bit on the guitar and, and, and the harmonica, actually don't, I'll do, I'll, uh, I should give there's a wee slow air do before it as well, so I'll give, I'll give you the lot.
stuff. No. <laughs> Jamie, that's great. What were those two pieces? Um, the Mavornian bond was the the, the the air. I think uh, again, that's a kind of a well, for me, it's a, a kind of a Galway connection. Uh, Mary Bergen used to play it years ago, so it's kind of that's uh, she she had it on the 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 the, the Dog Stone album. Yeah. You might remember and the kind. I, it's, it's, I think it's still. I think I think there, there's not too many musicians around Ireland didn't pick up tunes yeah. of that album years ago, but um, and then the, the second tune was a set dance that me me, me father used to play for set da- for, for for dancers it was called the called the Downfall of Paris. So yeah. it's kind of um, so it's kind of uh, that's uh, that, that's um, I don't I, I think there is a bit of a some bit of a history around the the, the Downfall of Paris, but I'm, unfortunately I don't know what I don't know what it is apart from that's just, yeah. just known as a, a set gr- dance. A great name. For aye, a tune. Aye. And come here, listen, we could stay talking here all night and it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you and, and ah, just hear, you. I suppose, so many parts of your career um, from, from your own mouth and uh, to hear you play live as well. We're really looking forward to having you as part of Tradfest 2020. Ah, thanks very much. People are in for an absolute treat uh, for the, your solo show. So really delighted to have you as part of this. Before I leave you, as we turn the corner into 2020, right, have right. you got any New Year's resolutions, Jamie? Any New Year's <laughs> resolutions? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I suppose any, for, any uh, that you can say to us. I, don't know. Well, I, can't, give, I can't give up drinks. I don't drink. Uh, I, I can't give up smokes. I don't smoke. <laughs> what you could oh, take? You could take. I was, on gonna, I, was gonna, I was going to use a brush, uh, a brush shields quote there, but I don't know if it's podcast friendly. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as, uh, let me see. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Just try and play better music or something like that. Listen, <laughs> you're you're doing mighty, and we're delighted to have you as part of this. So thank you very uh, thanks, much thanks for very much. for taking the time. And of course, we, we managed to meet somewhere halfway between mm. Sligo and mm. Fecal. We're yeah, here in yeah. Campbell's Tavern uh, in Hedford, yeah, thanks, thanks and what a gorgeous for what a gorgeous place to be. So, Shami, Gormila Market. Ah, Gormila Market. It's a fan, fresh and thank you. Well, there you heard it, Kieran. An easy resolution for someone like Shamey O'Dowd to be playing more music into 2020. Tell me, have you any resolutions as the new year turns soon enough? Actually, what comes to mind when you ask me that question is uh, Brenda Castle's CD. that we, we met Brenda here on the podcast earlier this year, and she... The name of her CD actually was Indeed and You Needn't Bother. So there's a touch of that about myself. Indeed and I won't bother. I've nothing left to give up at this point. I'm looking for new voices to adopt. What about yourself, Ruth? I, yeah, I think before I turn into the, the new year, I think just looking back at the old one and sort of taking stock of what's been done. And for me, it's funny. 2020, I had this aim that I wanted to improve my Irish. That's one thing by the end of 2020. And the second thing is to play more fiddle. And I've already started. I'm taking lessons with Yvonne Kane down in Galway well, since no. I met her at Milwaukee. So it's blown the cobwebs off the bow, th- the bow hand, thank God. And you certainly couldn't it. be working with a better yeah. fiddle player. You get fantastic uh, technique from her. Uh, why did you decide that you needed to play more fiddle? I miss it. Do I miss you? playing music and, and I suppose, you know, work can be busy and, you know, broadcasting and doing festivals and running around from Billy to Jack and I wasn't prioritising it. So the fiddle's hanging up now in the office. It's not in the case and it'll be taken down whenever. And I'm with my current husband because I asked him to give me a fiddle lesson and f- four years on, he still hasn't given me a lesson. So That's a bit like giving uh, the spouse a driving lesson there. Best avoided is what I would say. (laughs) But you know what will happen? You can sit down and play a few tunes and that'll be really good. And I'm only up the road from Peppers in Fecal as well. So they have a great weekly session on a Wednesday night. And that's my aim is to get the Bible of tunes, you know, the the good session tunes under the belt. And we go from there. Is that Pat O'Connor that conducts that session down there in Fecal? I don't know. I haven't been yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm launching into it in 2020. So there's the warning. Tell Gary (laughs) Pepper. Be prepared. Tell Gary Pepper. She's on her way. (laughs) for this session that'll be brilliant we wish you well with those uh, those what would I say those resolutions resolutions intentions we We call them intentions we wish you the very best with those (laughs) intentions for the new year I'm sure you'll achieve it what about the Irish language what's the interest or why would why do you want to I don't it's funny I've always had an urge to to speak more Irish and I think it's sort of it hurts me soul that I don't you know when you're in the company of people who do it's such a beautiful language to listen to I have a lot of people in my family in my immediate family who are Gaelgors and for some reason it just hasn't clicked with me yet so I think it's a year of immersion I'm going to try and get to the Gaeltacht and you know 
listen to Radio Nogail Thakdamore and just get comfortable with it and using it. Yeah, the key there, I think, is probably getting to the Gael Thakdamore. I have yeah. a bit of Irish myself, but I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't say that I'm a, you know, a natural speaker of it because what happens is you think in English and you're yeah. trying to translate that into Irish, which is never the mm. easiest. But if you immerse yourself in the Gael Thakdamore before you finish there, you're certainly thinking in Irish as well. And you're right, it is the beginner's mind when you're used mm. to kind of being, I suppose, busy with with you know work or whatever it is you know and and improving at things that you already do to go back to something that really brings you back down to this beginner's mind idea where you have to not know how to say something right i think it's a it's a good uh, discipline it's well, a humbling experience what i will say to you is there's a start now for the new year fair play to you Ruth um, I'm looking forward to myself as well and just to jump back to the, the chat I had with Jamie have you met him along the way do you know him well or? oh the fool yeah he's a fantastic man I was, I've met Jamie over the years his father was very much involved of course in the tradition as you heard a when you were talking as well, yeah. yeah and he was a driving force actually for traditional music in the Sligo area it's just interesting to see Shami emerging from that with all different genres of music that he plays. He's such a quiet and unassuming man but when he gets behind the guitar he's a beast really. Absolutely yeah some sound that he makes and, and the harmonica then as well and even playing the fiddle and singing at the same time he's he's a one man band truly. Yeah I was absolutely delighted anyway when he did accept our invitation to do that gig at City Hall during Tradfest. I suppose Ruth we better get back to our respective homes for some more chill out time. Mine is in Dublin now because I have been to Clare but before the big ringing in of the new year I do like to get back actually what would be a tradition for yourselves for ringing in the new year? Well, I grew up in a pub, so it was always that was part of it. Um, and since then, the tradition has been different, I suppose. Fergal and myself usually invite family over on New Year's Day, so we'd spend the New Year's Eve cooking and prepping and all of that. Um, but this year, we're going to Spanish Point. And we're going to, go, we're going to jump in the Atlantic for a snobby sauce on New Year's Day and hopefully not die of hypothermia. <laughs> well, I would wish you the best with that anyway. I wouldn't mind to see that in action, but I certainly wouldn't be taking part in our neighbourhood, actually, in Dublin. A lot of country people, of course, live in there, but everybody just comes out and just meet in a cul-de-sac, greet each other, and kind of back into their homes. At the ringing of the At the ringing midnight. of the New Year. It's really lovely, like, and the older people that were in the neighbourhood used to do it, and then our generation, when we came in there, we've continued it, and there's younger people coming in now. So we just meet up, just kind of checking on each other, wish each other a happy New Year, and then back to our homes. But I remember my father telling me, my father was in Clare Castle, or just outside Clare Castle, Barrentick, in County Clare, and there, uh, because there used to be a lot of hunting going on, people with their, with their double barrel guns out, whatever, hunting rabbits and whatever, but at midnight they'd come out and they'd just fire their double barrel Bloody. up into the air, and about five minutes later then you'd hear all the shot coming down on the corrugated <laughs> roofs, you know, in the place. So that was the way they rang it in, in it's some like parts of Clare Castle. <laughs> oh, it was part of the tradition there, but it's brilliant, it's a great time of the year, it's a great time of it anticipation, is. Yeah, isn't it? I think it's lovely. The fresh hope, isn't it? That thing of turning over a fresh leaf, and you know, it can be it can be hard sometimes in the middle of winter, but there is a, a surge of you know what the new year will bring. Oh which yeah, is there is the looking ahead. And uh, can I just say a very very happy new year to you and to everybody that's tuned in here? It's been a pleasure to be with you this year, Kieran. Thanks very much to everyone who listened, and we want to wish you all a massive happy new year and all the best for 2020. I'm Kieran Hanrahan, and I'm Ruth Smith. Thanks a million. Slán. Sound, forget you down, feel the air.